2: 971 FM Talk Podcast. It is Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox in here, along with my friend Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. Hi.
3: Oh, you called me your friend? That was the first time Are you've you? ever said that.
2: Aww,
4: I didn't
3: realize it. Co-host, yeah, but not friend. I mean, I do text He's crazy. He's tearing up over I know, by, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I do send you goofy uh, memes back and forth. We do that. So I guess that's friends. <laughs>
2: Great show coming up for you today. We're going to talk about uh, lots of different kinds of fishing. Uh, <laughs> it seems like magnet fishing, electric fishing, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on out
3: there. There's stuff people don't even know. <laughs> I know. Uh, the, yeah. I, the, uh, I, the, magnet hmm. fishing, to me, uh, I saw the headline. I was like, okay, now that's something I that, can that, do.
2: That's something we need to talk I, about. Plus, <laughs> plus we're going to talk about uh, the folks at the Missouri Department of Conservation uh, because so, the, it's unusual to catch a sturgeon. Like, it, you can't really keep them, but they've been showing up in more and more unusual places. And if you hook one... You're gonna know it. You're gonna think you've hooked a log, apparently. So we're gonna talk to Travis more about that. If you if you love fishing, I'm looking forward to that.
3: I mean, is, is, would that be the biggest fish, uh, freshwater fish that you can catch? I mean, I I, I know. Hold on. pounds. Huh? Well,
0: a dolphin is a fish.
3: Okay, whatever, um, you know maybe this is the call for the aquarium we need no. to make, but I know they've had monster catfish, we've talked to those guys that have you know caught those things, but some big blue hundred two hundred pound fish, nobody expects that, and
0: before yeah. people start tweeting, I know a dolphin is a mammal, so it's not a fish, yeah, oh, you. I already knew that I was just
3: joking uh, oh okay. tw- tweets are already coming. Yeah. Do yep. see it? Dad,
2: Twitter. My phone's <laughs> lighting up right now, Carl. Way to go. Nice. Hey, uh by the way, uh did want to mention, bo, this situation in Buffalo. Well, I mean, the tragedy up there is just just horrendous. Uh that a criminal, mentally disturbed criminal chose to go into a grocery store and uh target people because of their race. We know what happened up there. It was just horrible. Ten people lost their lives, been investigated, already being called a hate crime. But I'm watching the mainstream media cover this this week, and I I just want to run my head through the wall, particularly CBS. I'll just target CBS News because I happen to be watching them. And- Their initial reporting on this is, you know, uh, obviously uh, the the kid was deranged. He drove 200 miles. He found this grocery store in a predominantly uh, African-American community, and he started shooting. And did you know that the magazine he was using was illegal in the state of New York?
3: I did not. I did not.
2: That's what they chose to report during the reporting on this. The The, the magazine he was using in this gun— was illegal in the state of New York. Not focusing on the fact that murdering people is illegal everywhere and the fact that the person doing it is criminally insane and should never have been allowed access to guns to begin with because a year ago he threatened to shoot up his high school and authorities knew about it and they took him in for a mental evaluation and nothing happened.
3: Right. They had him they had had him on their radar before because of that. But I will tell you that the very first headline that I heard about it, and I, and I usually stay pretty engaged, maybe a little less on the weekends. But I, the first headline that I heard about it, uh, hate crime, was used in that headline. I was like, well, boy, they got to that conclusion pretty dang quick. Yeah. And his okay. social media, I guess, backed it up. But he's also disturbed.
2: Well, he is disturbed. And, and that that's the point here. The media, the the people that I commonly refer to as the race baiters in America, who want everything to be about a, you know, an, an ist or a phobe or whatever it happens to be, race to this because they thought it fit their narrative. What happened here was horrible. The guy, I'll be the one to to pull the handle when they electrocute him, which they probably don't do in New York anymore. Uh, he deserves to die for what he did. B- but the the story here is the fact that a year ago. This kid made it known he wanted to shoot up a big event like a graduation. And and they did nothing to him except take him for a mental evaluation where they apparently determined there wasn't enough evidence to prove that he was going to do anything wrong. And they let him go. I, I am a supporter of the Second Amendment. I, I think legal gun owners should be able to go buy guns all they want. But when they do the criminal background check mental health has got to play a role in it. We don't need more gun laws. We need to enforce the laws that are on the books, and and we need to fix the mental health system so that if you ever threaten to shoot up a gymnasium full of people you're never allowed to own a gun right period
3: it means it's you have that intent simple. it's in your heart you have thought of that Thank idea you. Yeah. Uh, and you know who knows it could have been uh an experience that he had uh, playing a playing a, a, a point of view uh, video game or whatever maybe that gave him the idea i'm not going to i'm not going there i'm just saying that he obviously had the thought that he wanted to cause destruction and he expressed it yes
2: why was he ever allowed to buy a gun? That's, that's, people want to focus on his hatred causes. It, it, nobody murders people because they love somebody. I'm glad that they're focusing on the fact that this was a hate crime, but you got to go back and look a year ago and ask why was he ever, why was he not processed into the system and why was he ever allowed to get near a gun? He was an adult when he threatened to kill people at a graduation ceremony and nothing was ever done to him unbelievable it, it's just it, it's sad because the the president of the united states is now going to uh, turn this into an excuse for more gun control when that's not
3: the issue here and clip control as well clip size control it's it's crazy because uh it was a violent weekend not only in st louis but around the country the church yes. uh in california it was hard every time i got a ding on my, my phone for a notification i'm like seriously what is going on here uh, and people are about ready to lose their minds. Plus, we thought they were under stress during just a pandemic that everybody was worried about. Now you've got the inflation, the gas prices. People are losing it on a, on a regular basis. Uh, so we've we really got we to gotta get a handle on it. But here's the thing. My cat drug in a, 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 a killed a chipmunk, and I felt like the country is that dead chipmunk. <laughs> it's like, what can the chipmunk do? And then, of course, then my cat starts batting it around and playing with it. I'm like, you know what? I kind of feel like that. <laughs> Personally,
2: the country is a chipmunk. I've, ne- I've never had a heard dead that chipmunk, no
3: less. Well, I came with, up with it this morning Thank in you, my hot Bo. tub. <laughs> I was <laughs> in my hot tub and I'm looking at it on the ground going, Orange, why'd you do that? <laughs> Seriously, I'm getting a visual. Bo Matthews in his hot tub twice a day in the morning. Highly wow, recommended. Nice, it's relaxing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's why his
2: skin looks so supple. It's,
3: it's my thought tub. <laughs> I got, hey, by the way, somebody guessed me at 42 the other day. I wanted to hug him. Nice, yeah. you know.
2: Now that nice. he's your friend, you can invite him to your hot tub.
3: No way. No, my wife doesn't even... I, no, it's my it's my hot tub. I
2: I don't know if I'm going to accept that invitation or I, not.
3: I, I said I'm not inviting you. <laughs> Get your own hot tub, brother.
5: <laughs> coming up,
3: I'll bet Jared Coker has been in a few hot tubs. This guy <laughs>
2: has got a, an interesting life, to say the least. And now he's he's made news for magnet fishing.
3: Huh? If you've
2: never heard of that, we're going to talk to him about it coming up
0: on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. <laughs>
3: Nobody's done a uh, You Are the MAGA parody on that song. They How about sh- that? Why haven't they?
2: Why haven't they thought of that?
3: Because <laughs> Walter Egan probably won't let them.
2: You are the ultra mega. Oh,
3: <laughs> you are the MAGA king anyway. Uh, yeah. I think that's hilarious. This is Second Amendment Radio on <laughs> the Great Outdoors. And uh, our guest uh, for this segment uh, actually hit my radar when I saw a story of something I've never heard of in my life. Now, I've got to tell you the kind of dork that I am. I'm preparing for retirement at some point in the near future. Now, oh, really? In the future, in the future. Oh, okay. Not near future, but uh, in the future. And I was at a pawn shop, and I bought a metal detector. Uh, because I had credit with the pawn shop, and I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll use this. I, I tried it, like, twice. you got to dig a lot, because these yeah. metal detectors go down. But I, I then I read this story about magnet fishing. Magnet fishing. Like, you go to a bridge... You have a strong magnet, and you put it over over the edge, and you see what is down there. And so we want to welcome into the program uh, somebody who was named in this article, Jared Coker, uh, also known as at Jared R. Coker on Twitter. Uh, Welcome to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. How are you, my friend?
5: I'm doing good. I've been very uh, busy lately with with, uh, finishing up college and just kind of traveling all over between there and where I live, but I think now that I'm back home, I'll be able to relax a little bit. (laughs) And fielding all these interviews, or are we the first one? Uh, As far as magnet fishing goes, you're the
3: first one. Well, I'm excited about it. Where did you first hear about magnet fishing?
5: So randomly one day I was just kind of in bed watching a bunch of YouTube videos and I started getting recommendations for like these other magnet videos because some of them got a ton of views because it was a fairly new concept then so I watched one and obviously you know how YouTube works you watch one video suddenly your whole recommendation is flooded with that same kind of topic so I just kept watching these videos and I was like man that looks so fun I want to phony up a few dollars and get me one of those magnets
3: <laughs> and eight hours later <laughs> from watching those videos you got into it <laughs>
5: Yep.
2: no that's funny so so tell us the story kind of set this up for us uh, with
5: with what you caught like in any specific outing? Yeah, or like, like d- the best d- thing I've ever done.
2: Well, tell me. Well, I mean, tell me some interesting things you've caught, and then lead up to the to the best thing. Yeah, because
3: the original thing was the safe. That yeah, was the yeah, first yeah. picture I saw. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we want to know what was in the safe,
5: Her- uh, Geraldo Rivera. Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> well, actually, the very first time I ever took it out to use it was actually a pretty memorable one. I took it. All right, so basically to set it up, I live about. 30-ish, 45 minutes away from a really popular fishing lake. It's a really big lake. It's one that's got, like, at least in four different sections, there's roads running over spans of it. So I'm like, all right, that's like a heavy traffic area. We'll have, like, fishing people around. We'll have just people driving over. I want that to be the first spot I ever really tried this thing. And mind you, since it's, you know, one of those kind of lake bridges with kind of like a state highway kind of road running over it. Right. I throw it out there, and the thing is like 30 feet deep. <laughs> it was crazy. So I'm like, if I get anything on here, I'm going to have a, a heck of a pole just to drag it all the way up there. <laughs> you need a winch. <laughs> I know. I wish I had like a pulley system, but eventually, I think I find a couple smaller little trinkets at first, just kind of the normal like fishing lures and little scrap metal you'd find around there. And then finally, I. For the first time in my life, I feel it really connect onto something big. And with these magnets, you can tell whether you're snagged or whether you connect onto something because you can actually feel it clamp down. Okay. And as I'm pulling this thing up, I'm like, "Man, I'm struggling. What is this?" And obviously, due to the location, it being a big bridge over a span of lake where boats are running all the time, it was a big uh, boat anchor.
3: <laughs> oh no!
5: <laughs> not like a not like those giant, yeah, you know, cliche, <clears throat> classic shaped ones. It was just like a circular thing. It was a couple. It, it almost looked more like a propeller, but it was it was an anchor. I'm not sure why someone dropped it off there because it was in perfectly good shape. I think I still have it. Wow, uh, we're we're talking to Jared
2: Coker. Uh, he caught our attention because eventually you went. You went magnet fishing, and tell us about the safe. Tell us how this happened, because, you know, I, I think of that as being something that would almost be too heavy to pull up.
3: Right. And, oh, and yeah. why would anybody throw a safe over a bridge? Yeah.
5: I know. So, basically, this actually happened just a matter of weeks ago. I was still down in Missouri, where I had been going to school. And mind you, i just come off a big stint where I hadn't actually magnet fished in roughly a year. <laughs> I hadn't even posted a YouTube video in roughly a year just because of financial stuff. But since I had finally gotten a new magnet, because, you know, you can't get too attached to those things. You'll lose them every now and then. (laughs) Getting snagged or snuck or stuck on something. So I find this bridge out in the middle of nowhere with a decently deep-looking river running under it. And I'm just going to use this magnet for the first time. Going to finally try to film another video. Starts off decent. I feel a couple connections. I think I pull up to big pair of pliers or something, a couple other pieces of metal. And finally, I connect onto something huge, and I can barely move this thing, and the current is so strong that every time I lift it up off the ground, it kind of pops off the magnet. So I'm playing around with this thing for a little while. I bring it up once enough to see it's a big box, but then it falls right back down, so... About an hour goes by, I kind of stopped feeling with it because I'm like, oh, there's no way this thing's ever gonna ever going to come up. I may as well just go look for other stuff. Right. But then by chance, later on, I got back on it again. And I think even in the video, you can see I change up my plan. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to try to drag the whole thing up. I'm just going to try to get on it, keep it under the water, and just shimmy my way across the bridge till I'm over at the bank. And I'll set it down over there where I can just walk down and go get it myself. That's what I did, and sure enough I get there and there's the unmistakable uh set of numbers and like a combination thing. I'm like, wow, I finally did it. It's an actual safe.
3: Wow. That's crazy. And this
5: This is something that's not too terribly uncommon. I've definitely heard of other people finding stuff like that, seen videos and whatnot. But this is the first time I'd ever found one. And obviously there's no way to know a hundred percent for sure, but the most logical explanation for a, a safe, an empty safe, to be out in a river is that someone probably stole it, robbed someone, and then took what was that in sense. it and just dumped yeah. it out in the middle of nowhere so no one could find it. So it was empty. It was empty, unfortunately, oh. just a oh. ton of water. That's why I couldn't bring it up. So was, was the upwards? Was the door open? The door wasn't open, but in the back, I'm not. It looked like a flap had been cut out of it, almost. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Like, that's how they
3: got in or something. Well, Jared, uh, I would like to know, because I've never shopped for a, uh, a magnet fishing magnet. Uh, where do you get something like that?
5: Uh, there's actually a lot of magnet fishing-based companies that have sprung up over the years. I know the past two magnets I've gotten are a really good deal from a site called Muscular Magnetics. It's like, they do, like, all, and all these companies do this. It's like bundle deals. Like you can get a decently mid-range magnet somewhere, kind of like the middle range of, of how strong they are, because they can vary. And these package deals will come with like the rope and some gloves and some thread lock to keep, or to keep the the little uh, eye bolt. I think that's what it's called in place, yeah. so that you know your magnet doesn't come right off the rope and carabiner
3: right right have you found anything that other than the like the boat anchor and an empty safe have you found anything that was actually valuable because i'm thinking a magnet wouldn't work on gold right
5: no like somebody... there's only a there's only a select group of metals that are magnetic like unfortunately tin and aluminum they're not magnetic but I guess that's a good thing because then I'd just be dragging up old (laughs) aluminum cans all day long. (laughs) Well, you know, aluminum these days. Might get a gun every uh,
2: once in a while, right? Yeah, Yeah, no. I I have
5: found uh, two guns in my time. Whoa! And what did you do with them? Well, the first one... Well, the second one I actually kept, I still have. And, like, it's not a danger, so, you know, it's not like I feel any risk keeping it around. It doesn't work. It's too rusty. It was down there too long. But the first one I actually called in the police for because it was like a, it was, I'm not too familiar with like guns and gun brands, but it was like a four foot long, like Remington rifle. Wow. Okay. I found that off in some country bridge that used to be a road, but kind of got switched up to be like a walking trail, but it runs over a span of Lake had a lot of luck there. I actually found both guns there, but for the rifle, I actually phoned in the uh, local police and I guess they had better things to do that day, so I wound up having I wound up having to take it in myself and hand it off like outside of their own parking lot. Wow, that's which that's crazy, was kind man. of a hassle, but it was it's a cool story. <laughs> Unfortunately, I never did get it back. I forgot to uh, request that if they didn't find any sort of serial number or the owner or something, any like sort that. of case or record connected to it that yeah. I would have liked to have it back. So I guess I'll probably never see that one again. But well, interesting. I, I'm I'm glad
3: we had you on Second Amendment Radio on The Great Outdoors because I think, you know, people are going to hear your story and go, you know what, I'm going to go online and get me a I'm going to get me a big old magnet, <laughs> too with a
5: winch. It's pretty fun. I would it's bring a winch. Pretty, yeah, it's a lot like real fishing though. You know, it's Except you know the bait will never move, it's either yeah. there, or it's not you <laughs> it's,
2: know? A, it's a good point yeah uh, Jared uh, Coker, our guest today on Second Amendment Radio and the Great outdoors. now, besides catching things out of rivers, you also catch snakes uh how did yes. that how did that get started?
5: Well, that was a long time ago i'm twenty two now. I started actually like trying to find snakes when I was thirteen. I think I'd been watching some of those like nature shows, you know, the type of show that says don't try this at home at the <laughs> beginning. But of course, I wanted to try it at home. So I don't know why it was snakes in general. Maybe it's because I just thought they'd be easier to catch in theory, not having legs and stuff. But um, I got my first one when I was 13, kind of right outside my house. And mind you, I'm making it sound like I was kind of dumb about this, but I at least had the knowledge to study up, like, every species in my area and know which was which and whatnot. So I knew uh, only to handle the non-venomous ones because <laughs> they bite you. yeah, You might bleed for that's... a second, but that's about it. But have you been bitten by a poisonous snake? Uh, no, never by a venomous one. Okay. I have gone so far as to kind of, like, tick one up before. Obviously, you know, like, I had a stick in one hand. I was keeping its head away from me, but uh, I think that was a timber rattlesnake. <laughs> Nice. And i know i've found copperheads before
2: so all this on youtube somewhere where people can see it
5: yeah that's on uh my uh channel it's just my name jared coker i've actually got a bunch of them floating around nice the and whole I'm... snake thing actually kind of led to my more um popular channel jared coker urbex though that's where i explore abandoned stuff
3: oh very cool oh i just saw a story about the abandoned castle uh, in Missouri. Maybe, maybe you can go find that. So uh, are you monetized uh, through YouTube? You got enough videos out there like Mr.
5: Beast? You know that guy? Um, Obviously I'd love to be, but uh, <laughs> of course uh, I'm not uh, big enough yet for that. The YouTube uh, thing is, um, it's kind of difficult to get there because sure. you first need a thousand subscribers, which I'm not quite there yet on any channel except for the, that Explorer channel I talked to. That's, within a hundred now well we but might you be... also you also need four thousand hours of watch time over the previous year uh-huh. and obviously that means you need a lot of videos you need some like longer videos and you need a lot of people watching them you know
2: well now that you're on second member radio in the great outdoors you're on your way i'll just have we'll to get, tell you we'll get you closer Absolutely. Brother. i would hope so <laughs> yeah, you bet you
3: bet no that's very cool uh and, and and again you're uh the other credit that uh you have is uh you're also a bowler it's mentioned in your uh, bio that i have uh yeah. so and b- bowling's big in st louis yeah but a 300 bowler is what he is yeah. that's like a whole are you a golfer too
5: <laughs> no, I'm not a golfer. I went to a, a driving range once and it was very embarrassing. So <laughs> I don't really see golfing in my future. Stick
2: to bowling. If you just bowled a 300, oh, that, yeah. that's fantastic. Good for you.
5: Are you. I will stick to bowling. Are you a married man? No, I'm only uh, 22. Well, well hold I don't on, that would be a very smart choice for me at this point, anyway. <laughs> That's good thinking, but there are younger husbands out there. I
3: just didn't know if you had to navigate the, all your explorations of uh, uh, Urbex or magnet fishing or bowling around a wife making decisions with you. I didn't know if that was uh, part of the problem. No, nope, none of that going on right now. Okay, well, good uh, luck. Sounds like you're a little busy. Yeah, from three married guys. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, well, Jared, great talking to you, Mark. You have anything else? No, we're good,
2: Jared. Good fantastic, man. Now I want to go magnet fishing.
5: Thank uh, you. Absolutely. Oh well, yeah, just definitely. If you think it looks fun, if you got a little extra cash on your hands, I know a decent magnet you can get along with some rope and gloves for less than a hundred bucks. So oh, on my way.
3: On my way. Good deal. Well, Jared Coker, good luck to you. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, see you in the in the in the news uh, the news again about some other great find. Uh, are you going to continue doing the magnet fishing
5: since you had some good luck recently? Oh, absolutely. I know I'm back home now, and I know where all the uh, decent spots are at, so I'll definitely be giving some new ones some try also. Great,
3: great talking to you. Thanks for joining us on Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors where you can even do some magnet fishing. All right, coming up, we've got more for you here on the show. Uh, Travis Moore from the Missouri Department of Conservation and uh, the Lake Sturgeon subject. If you're into uh, fishing for them, stick around. It's coming up next. For you I- A surgeon, in case you were wondering, by Weird Al Yang. I was gonna say yeah. that sounded like a Weird Al's kind of work there. Any
2: excuse to because play Weird it Al kind of rhymes with Sturgeon, yeah, right? Which is where every we're time going, I yeah. heard
0: about this topic,
2: like
0: a I kept singing in my head, like a Sturgeon.
2: How did this guy make a living doing that? I just uh, Carl, <laughs> we
0: have this, actually <laughs> Al and I have the same birthday. So I love that about us. But he's the number one selling comedian of all time.
3: Okay, that's crazy. Hey, uh, since this whole show is really, well, mostly devoted about uh, uh, outdoors, fishing, magnet fishing, sturgeon fishing, uh, I do need to mention, though, a segment, this segment, brought to you by Razorback Armor, your gun concierge, in De pair on Manchester Road. They are right next to the tennis store, and I mention that because you'll see the word tennis first, but if you would like to go in and have their undivided attention, go to their website razorbackarmory.com make an appointment, almost like going to the doctor or going to the mechanic. Make an appointment. You can go in and get their undivided attention. Tell them Bo sent you to Razorback Armory. And right now, we want to
2: welcome in Travis Moore from the Missouri Department of Conservation. Travis, welcome into Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. How are you?
4: How's it going this morning?
2: Going great. Probably not as good as you, because you've probably already been out on the lake this morning, not... Uh,
4: uh, I actually have I have a busy day on two lakes today, so we'll, we'll be out this afternoon and this evening. I probably won't get home till about uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, finishing up our second one. So
2: Wow. Wow. So uh, the reason we wanted to have you on today primarily, you know, I was at the Lake of the Ozarks a couple weekends ago. I unfortunately didn't get to go fishing when I was down there. But something, this story came to our attention that sturgeon have shown up uh, now in the lake of the ozarks and they weren't stocked there right by the missouri department of conservation tell us the story on this because you guys have been trying to bring sturgeon back in the state anyway right
4: right yeah so we, we've been working with lake sturgeon throughout the state of missouri since the mid-1980s and we first started stocking them into mark twain lake eventually started stocking them into our big rivers and and that that population is doing really really well but the thing has been really interesting over the course of the last you know, six or seven years or so is that we've had lake sturgeon being caught and seen in Lake of the Ozarks. And we we haven't stocked them there, but there are records of them being in the Osage River prior to the Dam being built. And then even after the dam was built, there were a few records of a few fish being seen by a conservation agent back, you know, decades ago. Um, and then there's those occasional reports going through the, the 80s and early 90s, and then nothing, and then all of a sudden, like I said, over the course of the last several years, there's been several lake sturgeon caught, and they're starting to get to be pretty good size. So uh, this most recent fish was somewhere between 50 and
3: 60 pounds. Wow. Travis Moore from the Missouri Department of Conservation, our guest. Where are sturgeon more prominent in the U.S.? Uh, like, where do people normally go to fish for them?
4: Sure. So most, most of the places here in the United States, uh, most of the states have them protected because most of the states are still trying to, to bring those populations back. Uh, there are a couple of harvest seasons. Wisconsin has the biggest one. Um, they have a wintertime spearing season uh, that they do. It's usually around uh, uh, Valentine's Day on Lake Winnebago. It's a huge event, very popular, uh, worth, worth going just to see, uh, particularly whenever they start bringing some of those big fish in. And then they do have a, a set line season on the Wisconsin River, and then Minnesota has a little bit of a season as well. But, but even though you, those are the only places where you might be able to keep them, uh, like in Missouri, it's still a catch and release fish. And so most of the folks who are catching them here uh, in the Missouri, in the Mississippi River, the Osage River, some of those other streams, um, they're usually fishing for catfish. Uh, using cut shad or or crawlers, and they're hooking into these leg sturgeon and having a whale of a time landing them because you know it's officially it can get to be over 200 pounds and we've had a few that were probably over 100 that have been reported here in missouri wow whoa
2: and what a shock so when people do catch them the expectation is you have to release them correct
4: Correct, yeah. So so whether you're fishing the Missouri or the Illinois side of the river, uh, both states have them protected. You do have to release them. We always encourage folks, you, you know, if you want to take a quick picture, um, you know, that works great because that helps us to uh, look them over, see if you see any tags or any special marks on them because we do have some of the fish that we've marked. And uh, if you see something unusual, then, you know, note that as well and then give us a holler. And, and it's always possible, particularly if it's one that does have a tag that you can see, that we can look it up and tell you, you know, when we first tagged that fish, where they've been, and etc.
2: What a thrill! I, have people described what it's like to fight one of these? I mean, is it is it a a really good, like a really huge game fish, or oh, yeah. not? If yeah. it's two hundred pounds, oh, I'm thinking. Well, yeah, but even a fifty or sixty pound fish. Yeah. It, I mean, my goodness.
4: So okay, so by by comparison, I can I can tell you for a couple of the stories. Uh, I mean, one of the things I guess that's a little bit unique that the lake sturgeon will do a lot of times whenever you're rod and reeling them is uh, it's not uncommon for them to leap out of the water. So you think about tarpon out in the ocean or, you know, some of those species. Oftentimes that's your first, and sometimes it's your only look at what you actually have on the other end of the line. Um, But I can tell you, like in the case with Troy Staggs, who was the individual that caught this most recent one on on Lake of the Ozarks, and that that actually was his second lake sturgeon (laughs) capture out there over the last few years. Wow. And he said he didn't actually hook the fish. He was snagging for paddlefish, and his line got wrapped around the tail of the lake sturgeon, and he said, you know, this one, with it only being 50 to 60 pounds, I think he told me that he had landed a a 90-plus pound paddlefish before, and he said this fish fought way harder. He said it took him almost an hour to land it. Wow. Wow. so, you know, we, we, you get those. I have, you know, a local individual up here near Hannibal that uh, they fish on the Osage River quite a bit, and and they fish for catfish, and he made a comment. He said, you know, we're getting to the point where we're catching them so regularly that uh he said, "We have to flip a coin to see who has to reel in this next one because I'm tired from reeling in the last one." <laughs> it's a workout. Um, uh, he, it is, and he he sent me a picture here from last year, and they had two fish on at the same time. The smallest one was 45, the other one was 65. Wow! Uh,
3: so, for people that are experienced in uh, in fishing for sturgeon, what do they use? Like uh, in in the northern states? I mean, I because I've never fished for it, although I grew up in in my younger years in Minnesota. What are what do people normally use to catch sturgeon? You said the people that are basically uh, fishing for catfish are ending up with a sturgeon right. on the end of the line.
4: Right, yeah, so it, it is one of those things. I mean night crawlers are a, a universal bait. Uh, it's what we use a lot of times to try to catch them for when we're doing our studies. Um, and then in the winter time they they pick on dead and dying chad. And so a lot of the folks that have told me that, you know, when they're fishing for catfish and they catch a, a lake sturgeon, they're using, you know, shad fillets or cut shad, and, and and it's kind of a delicacy for those lake sturgeon. You know, I think the thing that's kind of interesting is they, they feed primarily on insects and, and small fish and crayfish, things like that. They don't have any teeth. They've got this suction-type mouth. But, you know, an old slimy gizzard shad slides down really well, I guess, and, and they get a lot of nutrients from it. So that's what a lot of them are using. But that that wintertime fishing that they do on Lake Winnebago, it's it's a wintertime spear fishing season basically they they put their shanties out on the ice and cut big holes in it and then they have a big gig uh, that they use and so you're sitting sitting looking over a hole for several hours and hoping that a fish
3: comes by your way that you can try to stick. Oh, well, if you're drinking on that fishing trip, you better be careful. You're <laughs> yeah. going to be waiting around a Hello? long time. It, and that's it. You know, they <laughs> they
4: they put out what they call a lure. It's a, uh, usually it's a hand-carved something that they put down there to try to draw the attention of the fish. And so it's curious. They'll move it from time to time. Fish comes up and looks at it. And And I will say, you know, I've been up there a couple of times. Uh, It is interesting that almost all of their check stations are outside of an adult beverage establishment. uh, (laughs) Ironic. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's Wisconsin, it's fishing, it's wintertime. You're going to have some beverages consumed in there
2: as well. Are you
3: stereotyping? I, I have some friends up that direction. You're, I know exactly what they're like. You're just observing. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Travis Moore, our guest from the Missouri Department of Conservation. Let's uh, tra- let's switch gears and talk about fish uh, that a lot of fishermen are probably a little more familiar with, and those are crappie, and you guys have been sure. having a banner year up at Mark Twain, right?
4: Yep, yep. This is going to be a good, uh, good couple of years. Mark Twain has a couple of swings. It does happen from time to time, and we're in a good swing right now. Um, so we do our false trap net sampling on the lake. Uh, we did our sampling back this last October. And, and we keep records of you know how many fish that we catch that are over nine inches and et cetera. And our, our average fish per net, uh, prior to last year, the record was about 14 of those nine inches uh, per net. This last fall, uh, it was almost 20. Wow! And so there are, there are right now, I mean, as of last week, there are folks that are out there fishing and they're catching their 15 fish a lot of times in, in 20 minutes or less. Um, they're in the shallows right now. There's lots of those 10 inch fish out there. And so it's, it's good fishing right now that'll continue through this year. And then, you know, you'll get a lot of those fish are going to survive through this year as well. And they're going to be those 12, 13, 14 inch fish next year. It's, This this year and next year are just going to be phenomenal for crappie at Mark Twain.
3: It's the pros. Missouri Department of Conservation, Travis Moore. What do you attribute that to? I mean, I I know we want to say it's all pandemic-related, but, I mean, is it because there was less fishermen out? No, seriously. Were there less people fishing in the last couple of years? Do you think that's why there's a big bump? Or is it just a natural cycle where you get the 9 and 10 inchers?
4: Yeah, so, so Mark Twain is, there's two things that play into that lake. And, and one is that it really does live and die by its shad population. Um, and then the part that plays into that shad population is what kind of a water year we have. And if we wind up with a lot of extra rain, it washes a lot of nutrients into the lake. And what ends up happening is those shad, whenever they hatch, they're able to find plenty of food and they grow too fast and, and when they grow too fast, they get to be too big for the crappie to eat, and so those are those years when we don't have the greatest crappie fishing up there. But when we get those right set of conditions, um, the shad hatch, we get big, big hatches, but those little ones just don't grow very much, mm-hmm. then they stay in that prime range for our crappie, and they just load up. I mean, oh. they just feed like crazy on those little ones. And so that's why we get these banner years.
2: Good to hear. Uh, Travis, I have to ask you, you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, you'll be out to two in the morning. Uh, What are you doing out that late?
4: Sure. So, so we, part of my work area is the very far northeast corner of Missouri. And there's one of the lakes that we sample up there that is super clear. I mean, it's, we can, we can see over 10 feet down in this one. And so if we went out in the daytime, we're, we're going to be electrofishing. So we shock, you know, the fish that are in, in that lake, and then we'll, measure them, and, and gather a little information on them. And when it's really clear like that, the fish obviously see you coming. And so they'll run from us. They'll be in deeper water, and you just you just can't do anything with them because our electricity just doesn't go that deep. Um, so we go at nighttime, and they'll move up into the shallows. They can't see us coming. And so uh, we won't actually start that lake this evening until about sunset, and then we'll – We'll do half hour runs, measure our fish, do another half hour run, and so we'll be out there for a couple of hours as we're doing that sampling.
2: Nice. So when is electric fishing season?
4: Uh yeah. Good luck with that one. Sounds easy. Yeah, one sounds of my there actually are some states that allow it, but uh it's it's not Missouri and last I knew it's not Illinois. But um yeah, one of my favorite jokes is a lot of folks do talk about the old uh, telephone cranks and you know the guy sitting out on the pond, and the agent hollers out at him, says, "What are you doing?" And the guy hollers back,
3: says, "I'm calling home. I think you need more money." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. How about the how about the fishing with the explosives joke? You remember that one?
4: Uh yeah, remember that one too. So you, that one? You're gonna
3: yeah, you're gonna hand him the lit dynamite and you say you're gonna talk, you're gonna fish. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love yeah. good fishing jokes. Um hey, before we let you go, uh they uh they, there's some new catfish regulations out there, so for those that are gonna go catfishing and may end up with a sturgeon, uh tell us before you go uh what those changes are
4: yeah so this this regulation is specific to uh, to mark twain uh, we bumped it up to a 26 minimum length for flathead and blue catfish on the lake and and a lot of that was based off of what we were seeing as far as the growth rates what uh our surveys with our anglers and our and our public meetings what they were saying that they wanted and and basically we're we're just trying to maximize uh, the size of the fish that folks can catch, the amount of uh, fillets that they may be wanting to take home. And so it's just one of those things that if you're on Mark Twain uh, fishing this year, that, that catfish regulation has changed. It's still the same for the uh, channel catfish hasn't changed for them, but specifically for blues and flatheads, it's got to be a 26-inch fish or bigger.
3: Wow. Got it. You know your stuff. Um, you know, and we talked about the migration of sturgeon getting to the Lake of the Ozarks. Has the Japanese flying fish, have they made it down there as well, the the flying carp, I think they're called?
4: Yeah, so, so head and silver carp, uh, silvers are the ones that do most of the jumping. If you are below Bagnall Dam, yes, you're, wow. you're going to find them. Wow. Uh, they, they are going to be there. I mean, pretty much any of our river systems, there's always that possibility that you could find them in there. Um, and definitely you know, anything that's connected to the Mississippi or the Missouri, they're, they're there. There's some places that we go to, to shockfish on, say, the Mississippi, and uh, you turn on electricity
3: and the water just explodes, and so some, some of those places we can't sample because there's just too many of them in there. Oh, you get wow. clobbered, absolutely. Okay, well, thanks for yeah. answering that. I know we didn't plan to talk about it, but I was curious.
4: Yeah,
2: Travis wow. Moore, uh, thank you, man. Have fun out on the water.
3: Yep,
4: we'll do. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day.
2: Sure does. All right, thank you, Travis Moore, the Missouri Department of Conservation. Just a wealth of information there.
3: You know, people are so passionate about stuff, and I love because you can throw anything at them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even even your comment about electric fishing. <laughs> you know, there Didn't are some states. At all. There are some states that allow that. Uh, maybe that's your next vacation, there, Mark.
2: That or dynamite fishing, one of the two. Huh? <laughs> it all makes it a little easier, right? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, that's going to do it for this edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors.
3: Absolutely, great hanging with you boys. And And uh, uh, thank you for listening. Share this uh, show by podcast through the Odyssey app, and we will see you next week. Pew pew. See you, boys. For the very last time.
0: Get more at 971talk.com.